Today, you're going to be really excited. We have Carmel Ecker as our guest today, and I can't wait to share all about it. So make sure you share the link for the Wellness Driven Life. And, you know, you share this with all of your friends and family. You ring the bell, make sure you get the notifications. And I'm looking forward to sharing Carmel Ecker with you today. Here we go. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to have you here. Let me share a little bit about Miss Carmel, who's a good friend of mine. Carmel is a life coach who focuses on helping you tame your mental gremlins. She's on a mission to help you untether yourself from all the shoulds and can'ts holding you back. She knows what it's like. For too many years, she believed she was meant for something big, but every time an opportunity to shine came along, she hid. She made safe choices, and she failed spectacularly at living the life she didn't want in the first place. By age 35, she was divorced, single parent, working a job that no longer interested her. She wondered what the heck was she supposed to do? The more she developed as a person, the more she realized the supposedly safe path had, she had chosen was never the one she was meant to follow. When she finally got tired of hearing her complaints, she hired a coach and started taking full responsibility for the results in her life. That coach guided her from being a burnt out, exhausted, and bored nine to five employee to launching her own business and dramatically improving the quality of her life. Now, as a mental fitness and life coach, she helps others change the unhelpful stories in their minds so they can perform better, feel better, feel happier, and improve their relationships. Please welcome Carmel Ecker. Hi, Carmel. Hi, April. Thanks for the introduction. My pleasure. It was a longer one, but it was great. It was a longer I, one. <laughs> I love I love sharing about you. And uh, so welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's just a pleasure to have you. Can you tell our audience all about you? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, beyond what, uh, what you, the wonderful introduction that you already did. Um, yeah, I am, I am on a mission. Um, well, first I live in beautiful Victoria, BC, which is now a little bit snowy and, um, we're all a little bitter about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm a cyclist. Um, so, you know, we, we get a little complainy when we can't get on the road. Um, Oh yeah. Really? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're on the trail right now. I have a friend who went riding this morning. She said, it's ice, it's really icy on the trails. And I was like, yeah, I'm not riding today. <laughs> mm. So, um, but that'll, that'll all be gone in a, in a day or two. So 
but I'm a passionate cyclist, uh, specifically into mountain biking. I'm also a mountain bike coach. Um, I'll be working with the um, Norco Dirt Series this year. So I'm very excited to be um, carrying my passion in that area of my life. And um, I am just so... I mean, the reason that I transitioned from the work that I was doing, which was graphic design, into life coaching is because I just found that I was so much more interested in personal growth, both my own and that of other people. And I just wanted to play a part in helping other people embark on the journey that I had been on. And, you know, in the intro, you talked about like hiring my own life coach and getting out of the nine to five and into a a job, sorry, out of a job and into being an entrepreneur, having my own business. And as windy of a road as it is, as um, riddled with unknowns and potential failures as it is, I am so much more fulfilled. I am so much happier. And I really want to um, facilitate if someone, if it, if that calls to someone else. I really want to facilitate them taking their own journey. And it might not be entrepreneurship. It might be something completely different. Um, I, I was actually at a performance um, a few months ago, a jazz musician, uh, a, a singer, and she told her story partly through the performance. And I thought it was so moving. For her, it took her getting cancer and being faced with um, what have I done so far in my life and have I really lived the life that I want to? And um, after Mm -hmm. she recovered, she decided that no no more playing it safe. I'm going to go and I am going to become a performer. And that was the life that she was living. And I just think, yes, like we need more people in the world who are living into that space of I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what fulfills me. And I think the more we have of that in the world, the more we will have people who are um, speaking up about injustices, people who are committing themselves to causes that they're passionate about. We'll see people in community. Like I just see the transformation transformative power of it all. And um, yeah, it's exciting. You can see me actually getting (laughs) animated as I talk. Yeah. No, I love how passionate you are. I mean, it's, it makes sense that, you know, when you chose to change and you, you started to work with a coach and you, you came about into this new self, and into this new world of coaching others. I mean, you do a great job because you're so passionate and because of your experiences. So I love that. And I know one of the things that you like to talk about is really the power of negative emotions for good Mm. Um, and how we can use our emotions as information instead of letting them jerk us around um, because it's all data. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So what a lot of us tend to do is feel a negative emotion and then we like forge a long-term relationship with it, mm. right? I feel this way and uh, and I, I don't know how to get out of it. And um, But at the end of the day, emotions it, and even our thoughts are just data. They're just information mm. for us to interpret. Don't take it personally. Sure. Yeah. Don't take it personally is a great one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, don't take it personally. Let the let the uh, information come. Think about it. Don't have that knee jerk reaction. Like you know, someone might cut you off in traffic, and you're. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what everybody does, right? There's no yeah. signals or anything. <laughs> you know, we just get really angry, and sometimes we'll carry that through Mm. our whole day. Spreads like wildfire. It spreads like wildfire. And think about the impact that that has on everyone that you come into contact with throughout Mm -hmm. your day versus going, oh, that person cut me off. But you know what? I'm safe. Nothing bad happened. It's okay. I'm just going to let that go. You know, or is there something that you needed to learn from that? right? Um, Oh, maybe I should leave more space or I should, you know, I need to be more, pay more attention to my surroundings or, you know, there's, there's a number of different reactions that we can have. And it's about having the, having the pause Mm. to be able to choose your reaction 
instead of that knee jerk, well, that jerk cut me off. And then, you know, staying in that mood for the rest of your day. I love that. That's really learning how to be self-reflective and like you said, pause and take a moment to really understand what your thoughts are and where we want to shift them and if we need to. So um, I'm curious. I know that you worked with a coach. Not not everybody chooses to do that. And um, but you know, the the more that I work with with people who have truly excelled in personal growth, they have a coach and and they utilize others you know, to propel them. And so I'm curious, what is one of the most profound things that you received from your first coach? Mm. I think it was, to some degree, it was self-belief because, and, and you know, it was, it was kind of like having that someone to lean on actually is a big part of it, right? When I, when I decided I was going to hire a coach, the reason that I had behind it was like, I know I want to do something different. I just don't know how. I know that there's something different. I know I don't want what I have. Yeah. But I'm just not sure how to get out of where I am or, and I'm not a hundred percent sure where I would go. So what having a coach did for me was actually create a lot of clarity first first and foremost, was get the clarity. Like, what is it that I want? What's important to me? What is the life that I actually want to live? Because it's it's really great data to know I don't want what I have, but you don't want to be running away from something. You want to be running towards something. Because when you run away, there's a 50 million different directions you could go. And how do you know which direction is the right one? But if you figure out where it is that you want to go, you're you're laser focused. You know exactly where you're going. And even if it's not perfect, picking that direction and then things happen. Things happen to, you know, uh, refine, maybe even narrow down where you're going as opposed to kind of a broad, a, a broad path. So that clarity was really, really important. And then having someone help me process, process how I was going to do it. Because mm-hmm. she didn't give me a, um, she didn't give me a, well, this is how you're going to do it. Hello, everyone. It will- I- Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to, to see how you react with that. Oh, I'm pretty good. <laughs> so she said, this is how you want to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. It was yeah. just helping me figure out how I wanted to make the changes that I wanted to make right. as opposed to having some, because coaches, we don't tell people what to do. And I think some people think that that's, you know, well, I'll hire a coach and the coach will tell me what I'm supposed to do. And then away we go. And that's not actually our purpose. Our purpose is to help you figure out where you want to go and then support you in taking the steps that you identify that yeah, will get you there. A, a guide, you know, or, yeah. or here's the map and, and where's your North star, you know, kind of pinpointing the direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like it's all I, self-directed. Yeah, and you know, I love when you said, you know, someone to lean on. It's mm-hmm. almost like you, you know, you know that you're not alone. Somebody's yeah. there to hold your hand. I'm here with you during this process because, as, as many of us know, um, you know, making a, a profound change in our lives when we're not satisfied anymore and we know that we need to make that jump, and um, it's not easy. It's, it's really a a process. Yeah. Yeah. It is a process. And sometimes there will be false starts, Yeah, (laughs) which is why it's really great to have someone committed to you, to helping you get what you want. Mm. Right. No matter what happens. Cause like we've all had those moments where, oh, well that didn't work. And it's really easy to get sucked into the, well, I guess I suck at this, or I guess I can't have what I want. Or, you know, my, my, I'm not good enough to reach yeah. that goal. Whereas maybe, maybe that's not the right goal for you. Or maybe, you know, you have a different path. Like if you think of um, mountaineering, right? They talk about different faces. 
that you can go up to right. climb the same peak. An elevation. Which which face do you uh, climb, mm. right? It's not everybody's route to the success that they want, even the success, it, even if the success itself looks the same, not everyone's route that to get there is the same. Oh, that's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. Mm. Very good. Well, so we're going to go to a short commercial. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you, what is self-sabotage and why do we do it? Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm April Hove, the Managing Director of the Fort Worth, Texas chapter of eWomen Network. I'm so excited that you stopped to watch this video. I've got good news for you. You have just discovered an international network of women entrepreneurs who are committed to helping you achieve, succeed, and prosper. We are on a mission to help 1 million women entrepreneurs each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Here at eWomen Network, we have a complete success system that supports you every step of the way in building and growing your business. You being here right now is no accident. We're supposed to know about you. We want to meet you to find out how we can help you as well as learn about what you have to offer. With over 500,000 women connecting through 118 chapters across the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK, you are never alone. If this is resonating with you, please go to eWomenNetwork.com slash Fort Worth. Notice too, my contact information. I invite you to reach out to me and check out our upcoming in-person and online events. I am really looking forward to introducing you to our community. All right, welcome back. Well, going back into the question, what is self-sabotage and why on earth do we do it? Mm, yeah, self-sabotage is essentially doing things that are not in our best interest mm -hmm. at the very essence of it. Um, the why we do it is a lot more complicated. Um, <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with um, early life coping mechanisms or survival mechanisms. Um, some, sometimes they're not about early life, but oftentimes they are. And it's, um, you know, you may have found that, um, you know, like I'll, I'll use a people pleaser because that's, that's historically been one of mine, although I'm, I've gotten pretty good at, at taming the people pleaser. But if you find that you gain a certain amount of success or safety by making sure that everybody around you is happy, you're probably going to have that tendency to find ways to make sure that other people are happy, even if it makes you unhappy. Okay. So you're saying a form of self-sabotage is actually being a people pleaser. Yes. Even though it doesn't really make sense, right? I think that we, we go into that assuming that we're doing the best thing because we're doing the best thing for them. And in turn, it's really doing the best thing for us. But you're saying that that's a form of self-sabotage. Yeah. Absolutely. It can be. I mean, and, and there's two sides to it, right? So people pleasing um, by itself is not necessarily doing nice things for other people is great. People really like it. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> it, it, it makes people yeah. like you. Um, it may make you feel good, right? Because we do like to help other people. It's when we push it past the point where um, we're we're um, feeling maybe taken advantage of, or mm -hmm. we might start to feel resentful mm -hmm. that we're not getting what we want. Um, it's it's when it's taken to the extreme that it becomes a problem. But the act of like wanting people to be happy, wanting things to be in harmony, that's a gift. So there's there's a spectrum, and it's a matter of making sure that you're staying on the right side of the spectrum. Mm. So yeah. um, a more balanced approach? A more balanced approach. Yeah. 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 So um, you want to make sure that you're not defaulting to always um, help, helping other people or making sure that other people are happy. Right. And we've seen a lot of that in the, you know, say, just say no, <laughs> just yeah. say like, say no um, as your default instead of saying yes right? Because yeah. you need to say yes to yourself sometimes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Because I just recently saw you posted on LinkedIn, this really cool article that you are now a yes and woman. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a, a both an improv and a coaching tool. Um, and that's, that's really about taking no matter what happens in your life, right? saying accepting well this is part of it it's it's a large tool but, but part of it could be you know saying hmm, yes this has happened and what do i want to do about it um from an improv it might be um yeah it's it to really maybe explain it as an improv tool so when two people get up on a stage um it's a game right so someone says a line and the other person um automatically their response is yes and to continue the story. Mm. And so it's about taking the maybe 5% in a coaching context, it's about taking maybe the 5% of gold that was in this other person's idea and building on it mm. as opposed to saying, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. That will never work. <laughs> Right. Because <laughs> it stops because it stops everything dead in its tracks. Mm. So it's a it's a really great way to um, when people are in community with each other or each other or they're working together to be able to keep things moving forward instead of having them stop dead. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And. <laughs> and. <laughs> uh, did I do that right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But you forgot to add the piece after it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed that. Um, and and I love the content that that you put out on LinkedIn. Um, you know, and speaking of, is, is your LinkedIn if people want to check you out there because you really do push out so much cool stuff. Um, is it under Carmel Ecker? Yeah, so it's uh, LinkedIn.com slash I N slash Carmel Ecker. Okay. Yeah. yeah you can I just think... search my name. I think I'm the only one on there. <laughs> There's not too many Carmels, but interestingly enough, I just interviewed Carmel Bell out I of Australia. That. Yeah. And I kept telling uh, Manly um, about the Carmel stories and he was like, I am so confused, you know, which Carmel are we speaking of? And so <laughs> It, it's funny because it's not a common, as common of a name. And yet I just so happen to be drawing in the Carmel energy. So apparently, yes. apparently, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't actually have a little bit of a funny story about that because I don't often meet someone who has the same first name as me. And I was doing a running, and this was like at least over a decade ago, I was doing a running clinic and I'm not a runner for starters. <laughs> but I'm, I decided I was going to do this running click clinic. I was preparing for an adventure race and there's a running component. So, okay, we're going to do this. And um, I ended up running beside this woman and I was like, uh, hey, so what's your name? She's like, Carmel. And I'm like, no, what's your name? <laughs> and she's like, Carmel. And I think she had to say it three times before I was like, Oh, your name's Carmel too. <laughs> it's like I was I was actually pregnant at the time but didn't know it. So I'm blaming I'm blaming it on pregnant. There you brain. go. Absolutely. <laughs> Just like didn't register. Well, you know, I my brain trails off into when you said I'm not a runner. It makes mm -hmm. me think of uh, you know, and I think it also goes into you talking about 
you know, really going out of your comfort zone and even into the yes ands. But it makes me think of people that are go into the, the triathlons, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, because we have three different, totally different sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you're a biker and you're an avid biker and you love it. Um, and you state, I'm not a runner. And it's interesting when I read the stories about, you know, these world winning triathlons, they did not start in, in all of these things and they didn't necessarily have the desire to, Mm. and, you know, they just had this spark and this goal or something else propelling them where they, they were like, okay, I'm going to do this. But uh, anyway, that's where my mind went because, you know, and, and I would love, and I know I'm going a little bit off course, but I would love for you to talk about your biking because, Um, you know, when I ask some of my guests, I ask them about some fun facts, uh, et cetera. You gave Mm -hmm. me a personal life goal Mm -hmm. is to still be mountain biking when I'm in my Mm eighties. This means living a life now that promotes my well-being and fitness. And Carmel, you've told me that before, that you want to be biking well in your 80s. And I thought that was one of the coolest things because I don't feel like people really project that far ahead. So tell me, what are you doing on a daily to really make this a reality and a goal? Well, first, I want to say that I I actually really struggle with long-term goals. So I like to set really near-term goals as far as like career and things like that. But lifestyle just seems to be this different thing. Mm. Um, And I am just so passionate about mountain biking that I kind of just set that as, yeah, of course I want to be still riding in my 80s. And if I'm still alive in my 90s, like, I don't know if that's realistic or not, (laughs) but I I honestly don't care. I'd love to be the 90-year-old that, you know, gets featured in Chatelaine or something because I'm the crazy 90-year-old that's just still <laughs> biking, right? Um, but really what it comes down to is doing things now that mm. promote that, right? There's um, some people will talk about uh, like a compound effect of the things that you do today um, that they they grow and exponentially impact your future. And it can go both ways. It can go, it can cause, you know, a positive gain and it can cause a negative gain. You know, someone who is smoking every day, they're going to see a negative gain because that's going to negatively impact their their health. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I have made a commitment this year to cycling roughly five days a week. I don't always get to, but that's my goal. And it's actually in my calendar every single day, go for a bike ride. And I set wow. an hour and a half so that I have time to ride, clean up, you know, show up show up looking fabulous for interviews or whatever, or for clients. (laughs) My clients deserve for me to show up looking fabulous too. Um, But it really is about making that commitment and say, and and it's not even about doing big things, right? Like I don't need to go for a two, three hour ride to maintain the kind of fitness that I need to be doing this in my 80s or 90s. I actually did a seven-day mountain bike stage race in, I think it was 2015, the BC Bike Race. And my my fitness for that was strictly the 30 minutes going to work and the 30 minutes riding back every day. And then, you know, definitely mountain biking on the weekends as well. But I was, my son was like two or three uh, when I did that. So I didn't have, and I was, I was a single mom at the time. So I didn't have a lot of time to commit to training. And so I was like, well, if it's 30 minutes there and, you know, and 30 minutes back, and that forms the foundation of my fitness. And I'd been doing it for years as well. And yes, I, it took me, I was not fast. (laughs) It took me like six hours on average every single day to finish the course where the pros were finishing in like two. Wow. (laughs) But I did it. You did it. But you did did it. it. Yeah. 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 So it's the choices that we make every single day that support the lifestyle that we that we live down the road. Well, and how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel when you cross the finish line and you know, you've done it? Yeah. Well, there's there's the elation of, oh my God, I did it. (laughs) And wasn't that fun? Um, and and then there's there's actually always the kind of the letdown of like, well, now it's over. Now what? 
<laughs> what? And and that is where you know you kind of enter into the well when you set sh- more short term goals like a year or less um, that you celebrate and then go okay what's next for me yeah where do I want to go now you know and and for me it's just everything that I do in that kind of fitness um, sport mountain biking arena yeah. is really about that long term goal of being able to do this when I'm in my 80s or 90s which which also means being very realistic about the risks of my sport right and and deciding okay am i going to start you know hucking off 8 foot drops or am i going to stick to like 4 and 6 foot drops because right. i know i'm comfortable with those you want to there's that that balance of pushing yourself within your sport or whatever activity you're in and also managing I'm a 45-year-old woman and I want to still be doing I don't want to end up a paraplegic or a quadriplegic. Right. Well, right? I think that's really mature, you know, and when we have long-term goals, it makes you think of those things like, you know, what do I need to do to to truly hit this goal and to maintain this because maybe I need to go a little slower and cut things back. And it doesn't mean that I can't still have joy and excitement while doing it now in the present moment. So yeah, I I feel that that's really exceptional of you to be thinking that far ahead. And I I think I would disagree with you that you're not good at long-term goals because I mean, you're already doing it. You've been doing it for a very long time. And, you know, listen, I, I know that a lot of your business has stemmed around being a mother, a parent, a single parent, raising her son, uh, on your own, essentially. So I know you've geared, you know, your coaching services towards the same woman, a a woman or parent who is raising their child on their own. And so when we come back from this commercial, I I really would like to know how your business has impacted your life. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your calorie credibility, expose you to millions of people. I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week, I meet with the individuals one-on-one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to 
become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. <laughs> so I, I feel like I, I have to give our audience just a little bit of backstory on how we all met because Kim Jacobs, who is one of those beautiful souls, and so are you. And love Kim. We yes, and, and we all met, you know, during our managing director training in Dallas. And there's a couple other of us, but we have like this powerhouse of women and we're always supporting each other. And, um, it, it's just wonderful. I, I feel like we have this unique bond. Yes. Yeah, we absolutely do. And, and Kim is a gem as are you. Um, but, uh, we, we are, yeah, we had a great, a great crew and we learned a lot and it's been wonderful that we've stayed connected yeah. the way that we have. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So uh, moving on, tell me again, you know, you were a mother on your own, and I'm sure that that was part of the, the aspect of you wanting to make a change, you know, oh. because it wasn't just you who you were yeah. responsible for. You had this yeah. young child. Yeah. Yeah. Things actually really shifted for me a lot when my son was born. Um, and it was, I kind of feel like he gave me the perspective that it would have been wonderful if I'd had it before, <laughs> beforehand, just for myself. But it yeah. really got me thinking, you know, what am I, what am I showing him? What's the example that I'm setting for him? And I wanted it to be powerful. I wanted it to be one that he could both uh, aspire to and also one that, you know, he could, he could down the road, should he be heterosexual, <laughs> um, you know, look at other women and say, you know, like that he had a good mo a model yeah. for the kind of woman that he wanted in his life. Um, so that was, that was really powerful. And it's actually the reason that I got divorced because oh. I saw a relationship that was not working. It was not improving. N nothing seemed to really be moving things in the direction that I needed them to go. Mm -hmm. And I hit a point where I was like, this cannot be the example that I am setting for my son of what a marriage, what a relationship should look like. Mm. Um, so when it became apparent that way, I, I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta pull the pin on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that has really moved you into service of, of people who have experienced the same situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, and, and even going before that, right before someone gets married, before they have a child, mm -hmm. um, really getting to know 
who they are and what they want out of life, getting that clarity. Cause like I had never heard of core values or yeah. coaching, or I, I was a really, I was a smart kid. I, you know, I did really, really well in school. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with that. Ah, I was like, well, yeah. I think I'll go in this direction because I'm, I don't know, this is what I seem to be good at, ah. <laughs> right? I, and and I'm really committed. Um, I've done a number of core values workshops for adults and for for teens because I think it's such critical information for people to know about themselves. Yeah. Well, you know, that actually makes me think of a, a simple five-minute assessment that you like people to do. And I think that's really insightful. Um, what is it called? The positive intelligence assessment? Yeah. So it's actually a saboteur assessment. It's a little, it's a, it's quite a bit different than a core values, but it's a really great assessment because what it does is it identifies the negative voices that are showing up in your head, right? Those those survival mechanisms, those coping mechanisms um, that you have that you might not even be aware of, right? Like we talked yeah. about the people-pleasing, procrastination. It can show up as um, perfectionism. Like those are some of the more common ones um, and easily relatable ones. But um, when we can identify those voices and recognize, oh, Oh yeah, this is this is actually showing up, and I, now I can see the impact that it's having, right, on my ability to be who I want to be, um, my ability to relate to other people, to be in relationship in a positive way with right. other people. It opens up this amazing awareness, mm, and moving forward with that, it gives you more clarity to be able to decide which direction you actually do want to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think what it does, it's not necessarily going to help you figure out where you want to go, but it's going to be able, it's going to help you unhook from negative stories um, so that you don't get stuck, yeah. right? Like some of us identify where we want to go, but we get stuck in our ideas of who we are and how we operate and, and even ideas about the world as a whole and other people in it, right? Uh, like if yeah. you believe, if you believe, well, you know, you, like you have a bit of a, we have one saboteur that's called the victim. And it's like, oh, nothing ever works out for me. Why can't I find a good man or a good woman? Why, you know, it's that, you know, you're, you're approaching life from a place of lack, from a place of constriction instead of one of opportunity. So if you can let go of those stories of that never happens for me and go, well, what can I do to make that happen for me? Yeah. That's a very different, that's a very different way of approaching things. It is. And you have gained so many tools and wisdom and, and bringing forth that to the people that you work with. Tell me how, how has showing up in servitude to others changed how your life is and how you are and you show up as a parent? You know, sometimes I wonder if I benefit more from my coaching sessions with clients than my <laughs> clients do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because there's all these wonderful insights. Like I see little light bulbs going off for them. And sometimes there's little light bulbs going off for me too. Um, I actually had one of those experiences this morning. Um, I forgot the second half of your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but being, you know, being in service, um, it's just such a powerful thing. And I have um, one of my, uh, my top love language is, is being of service. So for me to go out there and um, help people get to the next stage of their life, it just gives me so much joy. Like I used to, um, when I first started mountain bike coaching and I had no certifications, I'm not even sure that there was certifications at that time for, for mountain biking. I didn't even know there was certifications. So there is, and I, I am now. Um, but at the time I just went and I took um, a, a coaching theory course and learn how to put a course together. And then I started teaching to women in my local mountain bike club. And this was a way for us generating membership, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You pay your, your fee and we'll take you out 
for two days and teach you how to, the basics of mountain biking mm -hmm. and watching women transition from like kind of, you know, maybe even a little shaky on their bike to, you know, riding down hills comfortably to um, li lifting their wheels up and getting over rocks and roots and things and, you know, hooting and hollering and cheering each other on in the forest. I am telling you like that when I transport myself mentally back to that time, it brings me so much joy mm. and it, and it reminds me of the power of people stepping outside of their comfort zone and trying something new. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Mm. Well, we're going to go into another commercial and, um, I just love that. I, and I want to talk a little bit more about your mental fitness program when mm -hmm. we come back, uh, because I think that's a really uh, good thing that you should be sharing. So stay tuned. Okay. CTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com. It's like popping so, my head to the music. I know. It's, it's got a great beat. <laughs> got a good beat. Yes, it's got a wonderful beat and uh, brings me a little bit more energy and yeah. life during the last half of our show. So yeah. I'm very curious about, um, you know, you have this, this cool six-week program that you do with this mental shift. And, you know, um, one of the things that, you know, I think people would want to know is, if the practice that helps us manage the negative voices in our heads is so simple, then why would somebody need a whole six-week program? Right. Well, it comes down to things can be simple, but not easy. Ah. <laughs> so um, I'll just share like what the process is actually, because it, because it is really simple. It's three steps. You're building three mental muscles. So the first one is your saboteur interceptor. And that's just really... Um, noticing when your saboteur shows up, when that negative voice shows up, um, whatever form it might be for you. Um, it could be judgment, it could be perfectionism, it could be um, people pleasing, right? There's a, there's 10 of them, uh, 10 core um, voices that have been identified through research. So the first thing we want to do is intercept it and go, aha, I see you. <laughs> and then the second yeah. thing that we want to do is practice what we call the self-command muscle. And that is really just unhooking from the negativity, grounding ourselves in the present moment. And there's a few different ways that we can do that. We can do it through touch, just really intently paying attention to, um, you know, the feeling of two fingertips. Um, I like, sometimes I will just rub my hands on my thighs and just feel the sensation. Um, there's also breath, sound, sight. Um, those are all really great ways to just ground in the moment that is, right? That nothing else matters. And you're just really focused on your breath, breathing in, breathing out, or what you're touching, or what you're seeing, or what you're hearing. Um, so once you've brought, unhooked and gotten yourself into the present moment, then we can tap into that, uh, what we call the inner sage, which is that voice, that. yeah, that voice inside of each of us, everybody has it, that knows what the, the next best step should be, that operates from a place of compassion for yourself and for others, that is curious and wants to learn more, that, um, uh, you know, knows what your core values are right? And, and will allow itself to be guided by it. So there's, um, we have what we call the five sage powers that you can operate from once you've unhooked from your saboteur and you're tapping into that inner wisdom. Um, so it is a really simple process, but putting it into practice, will you remember mm -hmm. right? Will you remember when you're hit with negativity, you know, will you see the saboteur, or it really is, there's a learning process. So what we do in the course is we take people through that process of identifying what their saboteurs are, and then and then practicing noticing when they show up. 
practicing mm-hmm. unhooking from them, practicing tapping into that wise inner self. And you just get so much better at it over time. So yeah, yeah it's, it's like I said, it's, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. It is a, it is a habit that um, we can develop. Yeah. I, do, I love powerful. that. I, I think that I would even venture to say I would need more time than just six <laughs> weeks to, to really do that. And what I heard um, with your three things is, is awareness and grounding and then that inner sage, um, mm. you know, that I love that term. What a beautiful term that is. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense to, you know, having to take time. I know a lot of programs um, that I have seen and been through, uh, you know, they do like nine months because so yours is actually, you know, not as much time, but I think it's just as powerful. It's very powerful. And and the thing too, is that once you do the six weeks, then you can go into what we call the grow. It's all app based. So you get oh. your videos in the app and you get little prompts in the app to remind you to practice your, what we call PQ reps. Um, it's just those mindful moments. Yeah. Um, and so you can actually, after the, the core program is done, it's a small monthly fee to stay in the app and it will send you, it'll continue to send you. Oh, that's great. Continue and, the education yes. and yeah. So you can do it um, into infinity. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I you like can continue the app. To practice. The app access um, is really cool because yeah. just having those consistent reminders to, you know, to make those shifts and those changes is brilliant. And so good for you. That sounds like an incredible program. Thank you for doing that and and bringing light to that for people to have access to. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be clear, I didn't create the program. I wish I I wish I did. (laughs) No, but Um, you, you know, you know, what I think is great, Carmel, is when we choose to work with somebody, it's not always about just the content. It's about the person. And when we are able to connect to and be guided by, I mean, we make that choice on who we want to work with because we're drawn to them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's there. And I had an experience the other day that I had a call with someone, um, and I was just, I meet like within the first 10 minutes or so, I was like, I, I, there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to work with you. Oh my you know, God. I, I didn't want to, I certainly right? didn't say that, but it, it's, you know, there is that recognition that some personalities jive and some don't. And, yeah. and that doesn't mean that I don't like her, that, you know, she's not a great person that, you know, but just, I know that that's not a, um, that particular person is not someone that I'm going to want to work with in, in the capacity that was possible. Yeah. I think sometimes we don't, think about that aspect, you know, that we just assume that a coach will take on anyone and whoever the reality is. Yeah. If, if you know that something is off or something's not jiving, um, or you can't, for whatever reason, you're not communicating in a flow or you feel like, and, and see to me, coaches who are brutally honest about, you know, figuring out if you're truly ready for whatever program it is that they're offering for whatever guidance they have. You know, I appreciate that personally, when I run into um, somebody who offers, you know, their coaching services, I I want them to tell me, you know, if I'm not ready or, you know, dabbling into too many things, because I've run into that too, where people are like, I need to change and I need to change now. So I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And they run into all of these different programs and it's overwhelming and you can't concentrate or be present with any of them to really fully experience the value that they offer. Yeah. 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 That's happened. And and I've done it, right? Like I've done it. I've signed up for courses and then realized I have way too much on my plate to actually do this course. Right. (laughs) I have, I have, and a lot of them are evergreen. So it's like, I'll, I'll get to it. (laughs) Right. But but maybe I won't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, being able to realistically assess um, is certainly one thing that I think every person should ask themselves before they sign up for something new and, and not in a, like not allowing themselves to be hooked by saboteurs that are like, oh, this won't make any difference or you don't have time. 
sometimes there are, you know, voices that want to keep you comfy. Yeah. They want to keep you in that oh, place yeah. where you're going to stay exactly the way you are because that's been kind of working for you, even though it's not feeling very fulfilling anymore. Mm. You're not experiencing the growth that you want. You're not experiencing the joy that you want. You're just kind of like stuck. Right. Yeah. So um, I want to just, I'll, I'll shed some light real quick and then I'll go over a couple fun questions, uh, okay. but I want to make sure people know, and, I'll, and we'll go over it again. And as always, these will always be in the description of every single one of our shows, but you can find more about Carmel, visit her, contact her uh, through her website. And that is streaming on the bottom, but it's www.youronamazinglife.com. So make sure that you connect with her. You know, if you are feeling drawn to Carmel, make sure you contact her. And so I, I just love that you filled these out because I always like to ask my guests, you know, what are, you know, some sort of fun fact or a food or a bucket list or a dream or just something unique about you. And um, so I already talked about your Viking well in your 80s, which I think is totally cool. And I loved when you shared that with me. Uh, and so um, one of your bucket list items is that you want to live in Italy for at least three months and up to a year to become fluent in Italian and visit areas around Tuscany where some of your family is from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I am actually learning Italian. It's just on an app right now, mm -hmm. but I, I would love to be fluent in it. I think it's a beautiful language. Um, and I have been to Italy before. Um, I did a biking tour there. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd like to go back for some, specifically some mountain biking and, and to just kind of live there and, and mm -hmm. see what it's like. And, and, um, my, I, there's a story and I've not been able to verify it, but apparently, and my, my great grandmother, my great Nona, she was a fantastic cook, apparently. And she cooked for the queen. Oh, well, did you so have to get any recipes thrown down the line? No, that's not how it worked in that generation. Mm. It was all, yeah, nothing was written down. Yeah. Sadly. So yeah. I feel like that's a lot of my cooking. I'm, I'm just like, throw this in, throw that in. And it turned out fabulous. But <laughs> I couldn't tell you what I did to it. It just, I always told my children, um, you know, it's, it's a surprise because they'll ask me, you know, what's for dinner and you know, it, it just is what it is. You're going to love it. Yeah. You're going to love it. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> and I am a recipe follower. It's mm. like, gotta follow the recipe because we don't know what we're going to get and it might not be good if I don't follow the recipe. I clearly do not have my great Nona's uh, talent for, for cooking. Oh, I think, I think practice makes perfect. And, yeah. and I would say I am a recipe follower when it comes to baking. Because, oh, you have to. Oh my goodness. You yeah, have I, to. I am. Um, that's not my, my forte really. I mean, I can make some pretty good cookies and such, and I love making pancakes and waffles. My kids love that, but uh, yeah, I, f I feel like really like the savory is, is more up my alley. Um, so I, I love that. That's really cool. And, and really following down the family lines and experiencing that aspect of, you know, the generations that have been passed down and, and, you know, experiencing that. That's really cool. I, now, are you waiting until your son is done with high school? Like, do you have a plan for this bucket list? Uh, well, see, let's come back to like, Carmel's not great at planning. <laughs> but um, no, I don't have a specific time frame. Um, but it is coming. It okay. is coming. And and I, I know that I need to put a stake in the ground and say, I'm going to do it by this time or and, and, and really do make a plan. Um, it's what I would ask of my clients. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Maybe I need to talk to my coach about this. <laughs> Okay. And a fun fact uh, is that you grew up in a small farming community and one of your first jobs was cleaning the bathrooms in my dad's gas station and auto repair shop. Yes. That was not, um, it was actually not as bad as you might think, but I will say this. 
women are definitely cleaner than men. <laughs> That's what I, that is what I learned from that experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and are you, are you teaching your son differently or is it just natural? Um, well, he's just not tidy. He's not unclean. He's just not tidy. So he'll leave things all around the house and we're, it's a work in progress. It's maybe an age, but I'm, I make it very clear to him. I'm like, I'm not here to clean up after you. Like you are, you are old enough. You're grown enough that you can do (laughs) this. You can put dishes next to the sink. You can put your laundry in the basket or in the washer or so we're just working on it, but he has his chores. I'm not, I'm not going to do everything in the house. Yeah. Smoking like a true mother. (laughs) Definitely. And one of the really cool things about you is you're going to be in a book that's coming out next year. It's called Mission Accepted 262 Women Entrepreneurs, Ultrapreneurs, Creatives, and Media Rock Legacy and Tell All. Wow. What a title. I know. That's quite the title, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I like that title. Yeah, it's it's, it's, an mouthful, an epic, but... it's an epic title, just like my friend Deb, who is actually putting the book out. <laughs> okay. And so this is yeah. a conglaborat- con- conglaborative work? Yes, it's a collaborative work. <laughs> um, so there's 262 of us that are in it. And it's really, you know, I, I'm not sure what we're going to get because it's, but everybody gets to talk a little bit about their business and a little bit about them. So we get to see the two sides um, of, of the women in this book. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, um, what comes out of it. Yeah. There are going to be some amazing women, all stories definitely worth um, checking out. Oh, and how can people find that? Is that going to be available on Amazon? It will be available on Amazon. It's not yet because it's not coming out till next year. Um, But I'll be certainly posting about it on my LinkedIn and my Facebook. So if you connect with me and you like ring the little bells in the various platforms, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, you'll, you'll definitely be notified. Okay, good. Good to know. Well, you know, I, it's been such a pleasure, Carmel, for you sharing with everyone. And can I ask, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today? Oh, the message that's coming through me right now is like, go do something today that brings you joy, that makes you feel alive. Mm-hmm. My my business is called Your One Amazing Life. And it, it was just after a couple of years, actually, of sticking with a name that didn't really resonate with me, this one just came to me. And it was like, I want people to live their life with the urgency as if their pants were on fire. <laughs> Right? Like we get really serious about a lot of things that don't matter. Like, mm-hmm. are the dishes done? Is the house clean? Da, da, da. You know, all these minutiae, these details that in the grand scheme of things don't mean a lot. I mean, yes, we want to do those things, but are you, what if we took super seriously our plan for the future, our, our inner, like actually living our inner desires, the things that scare us a little bit? Ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. What would life be like if you were willing to do the things that scare you a little bit? Mm. I love that. Yeah. Spoken like a true mountain biker. (laughs) And I do things that scare me every single time I ride my bike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, it's been such a pleasure. I, I, again, I want to let everyone, the way you can find Carmel Ecker is visit her on her website. It's www.youronamazinglife.com. So fitting for such a beautiful light. And I want to let everybody know um, that that will be in the descriptions. And also, as you know, this show is run on donations. And so you can invest in the Wellness Driven Life Show, invest once, weekly, monthly, or even annually. And you can do that through the Cash App or PayPal. It's on the website, www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com. If you donate through the website, then you receive this beautiful email and you can keep that for your records. So I want to thank everybody here for attending the uh, Wellness Driven Life Show. We had a couple of comments come in. Um, We had somebody that said, 
what if that's a great question, Dr. Tina J. Ramsey? Yeah, I saw that when she typed and I was like, yeah, what if? What if? That's very good. Um, she also said powerful. Mm. And uh, we have Yay, we got Ray some Moore, heart. She got some love. So again, thank you so much, Carmel, uh, for your time with us. I'm excited to hear more about your journey and all of the things that you're creating. Awesome. And I can't wait to see more of your shows, April. I know you've just started and I, and because I know you, I know you've been talking about this for a while, um, not just the show, but what you want to, the impact you want to have in the world. And so for anybody mm -hmm. watching, just know that April is on a mission. She has, <laughs> she has a powerful message and I know you're just going to want to, uh, stay tuned and, and support her in, in spreading, you know, all the goodness that she's, that she wants to bring to the world. Ah, thank you. I I appreciate that. That means a lot. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for attending. And if you're watching the replay, you can go ahead and still comment, and we will get back with you in the future. So bye for now, and we'll see you tomorrow.